let's just get down to the nitty gritty of it where some people are expressing uh, pessimism saying yeah well it's all very well and good that you're going to put the charges to him uh, but um, isn't the devil in the detail and by this we mean who is going to be leading the prosecution well, it's absolutely right, and good afternoon, good evening, uh, Sabisa. You're absolutely right. Uh, a lot of attention naturally will now be focused on the prosecution itself, and rightly so. People will be putting under great scrutiny the composition of the prosecutorial team, their strategy, the uh, juicing of evidence. They'll want to see that this is a prosecuting team that is capable and willing of putting together a strong case because the job of any prosecuting authority anywhere in the world under its uh, uh, mandatory law is to uh, secure a conviction and to do everything possible within its powers without fear or favour to secure a conviction. So um, the, the, the pessimism around the fact that it would be the Guazunatal arm of uh, the directorate that will be pursuing the charges, uh, is that unfounded? Well, I think we must wait and see, and I don't certainly don't wish to comment on any of the individuals involved in this. What we must do, as this country has proved its ability to do over a long period now, is to scrutinise the uh, process and to ensure that the rule of law prevails. One has to place this whole event in its proper historical context, which is a now, it's a 20-year context. These charges go back to the late 90s, as you said, to be so in your introduction. It goes back to the ill-fated arms deal. And um, we know that during the 2000s, there was a long and checkered history about whether or not Jacob Zuma would ever face justice over this matter. That road has now run out, and it's very clear now that this prosecution is going to proceed. The rule of law has prevailed, and Mr. Zuma is going to get what he often professed he, he wanted, which is his day in court. Now, what we have to do is, is scrutinize the process as it proceeds. Of course, one element of this we mustn't lose sight of is that the head of this prosecution, the man with the ultimate responsibility, uh, is the National Director of Public Prosecutions. Now, that person, currently Sean Abrahams, may not remain in office for very much longer. We all await uh, the decision of the Constitutional Court, which will determine whether or not he was lawfully appointed. If he wasn't lawfully appointed, if the court says so, then President Ramaphosa will have to fill that vacancy. And that will be also a very important moment uh, as this case, this very important case, uh, proceeds along its way. Mm, but that has nothing to do with nullifying uh, the decision to go ahead with uh, charging uh, former President Jacob Zuma with those 16 charges, no? I don't think it will. I think the, the decision of the court earlier this week, which was a difficult decision, a much debated decision, where they decided that the uh, interdict application that was brought by the Council to the advance into the South African Constitution, Cassac, uh, when they, they rejected that application and said that actually... Uh, Mr. Abrahams, Advocate Abrahams, was fit and proper in effect to, to make this decision. I think in that process, they closed the door on any challenge to the lawfulness of this decision. I think it would be very difficult for Mr. Zuma or indeed anybody else to now challenge that. They'll have to accept that this prosecution will continue. However, many of the suspicions about the matter, the case, the, the doubts that have been uh, raised by people, which you, you raised in your earlier question, emanate from the fact that uh, Advocate Abrahams, unfortunately, does not enjoy universal public uh, support. There are enormous question marks about his independence and about his willingness to do his job under the law. And that is why, in fact, Cassac brought that application. Their view was that a decision of this 
uh, importance should be taken by a national director of impeccable integrity. So just uh, finally um, on, you know, what we should be looking out for, and uh, as you say, not to prejudge the process, but that as the MPA head says that they have reasonable chances of success, that there will be a strong case that will prove once and for all if uh, Jacob Zuma will, I mean, is found guilty or not, those 16 charges. Well, uh, what we do know is that uh, Advocate Abraham, the National Director of Public Prosecution, was advised by an advisory committee, in effect, of experienced uh, prosecutors who said that there was uh, absolutely no reason not to proceed with this prosecution, that the evidence was available, the witnesses were available, and therefore it could proceed. Uh, by the way, that's in, in kind of sharp historical uh, uh, contrast to the decision that was taken back in 2004 by Don Luca, the then national director, who said, you'll recall, Sapiso, that there was prima facie evidence, but not sufficient evidence to uh, continue with the prosecution. And uh, Zuma was dropped from the charges then, and Shabir Sheikh stood trial alone and, of course, was convicted. Now, 14 years later, Zuma appears to uh, have to face his moment of justice, his his moment in court. And uh, understandably, everybody in this country will want to see that the law does its job. And that Mm. means the National Prosecuting Authority must put together its case effectively and uh, do its job under the law. Just a quick one on the legal costs. Um, I, I did ask Vusi Pikoli about whether these uh, uh, alleged crimes were committed with the use of the officers that, that he occupied at the time, and he said yes. So does that compel government then to pay his legal fees? This is a difficult question, and uh, I understand why many people, myself included, frankly, are frustrated at the idea that so much money has been spent by the presidency, the former presidency, by Jacobson, defending his interests at uh, the expense of the public exchequer and the taxpayer. However, I think uh, Advocate Goli is absolutely right that the uh, offences, as I recall them, in in this matter relate to when he was uh, in office, in public office, and then ordinarily what should happen is that the legal costs should be covered by the state. And, of course, as President Ramaphosa said in Parliament, I think, on Tuesday afternoon, or Wednesday afternoon, rather, um, an agreement was reached with President Mbeki back in 2005 that those legal uh, costs should be borne by the state uh, whilst uh, the the charges were faced and and, and fought by Zuma. And as I understand it, the agreement then, which may or may not be uh, of legally binding effect, was that if he loses, in other words, if he's convicted, he would then have to pay back those legal costs. It's a kind of parallel sub-narrative to the bigger picture, but it's not an unimportant one because it also goes to the question of of a public accountability and how public resources are used uh, in defence of private interests. Thank you so much for your time and insights. Associate Professor of Public Law at the University of Cape Town, Professor Richard Callant.